Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Chapter Surfing. This month, we are talking about True Blood, focusing on the first season of the show and the first book, but be prepared for spoilers uh, for the whole thing, because you never know what'll come up. And my guest on this episode is David Grom from the In The Mix podcast. Hey, Lenny, how you doing? I'm good. So, Dave, you were also the guest on the Dracula episode. I'm so excited to be talking about vampires with you again. Yeah, it's becoming, I guess, my, my thing, which I'm I'm very happy about. I love vampires, love vampire fiction, and yeah, I've got a lot a lot of thoughts and uh, things to say about True Blood and the uh, the Sookie Stackhouse mysteries. <laughs> um, yeah, I was glad you suggested this one because I had like caught a couple episodes of the show like here and there. But for the most part, it's been like a pretty big blind spot for me. Um, so this was my first time really diving in. Uh, what was your background with with the show and the books before this? <coughs> Excuse me. So the so for the books, um, this is actually the first book I've ever read of the uh, Charlene Harris novels. Um, the show, I I loved the show. It was one of my. I mean, I would say it was one of my favorite shows when it was out. Um, I remember, I think, um, I want to say my, my girlfriend at the time was watching it uh, because she heard there was like a lot of, uh, you know, sex and violence. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I'm sure it's like some silly show or whatever. But I was enthralled within the first like episode. Um, and I watched it all the way through. Um, I have a very um, bad memories of the last uh, two and a half seasons. But the the first three were really... I really enjoyed the, at least the further the front half of the show. Were you actually catching it like week by week as it was airing? I was, yeah. Nice. I think when I got into it, season two was maybe just finishing up. So when I started watching like it live, uh, season three was coming out. Um, so yeah, I got to like in a way, you know, be a part of. I mean, very limitedly, but be a part of the uh, fandom and the, you know, water cooler type talk that a lot of the HBO shows back then, you know, used to have. Um, had you rewatched it at all recently before this? I I want to say I probably watched the first two seasons, like, within the past 10 years sometime period, but I never, I don't know, I guess I just kind of fell off it and didn't, um, didn't rewatch the rest of it. Um, but I mean, after watching it again, you know, in this year of our Lord, I'm, mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm probably going to rewatch the rest of the show again, just see how I feel about the rest of it again. Um, so I read the first two books, which I think are, they all have like terrible names that like sound like they're puns, but a lot of them I'm like, is that a pun on anything? <laughs> I it think, uh... The first two books were Death, Dead Until Dark. Is that right? The first book is... Yeah, Dead Until Dark. Yeah. Is that a phrase? <clears throat> I think she was just... I mean, all the titles have the word dead or death in it, right? Yeah. So I, I'm assuming very punny type things. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's true that vampires are dead until dark. But it just like... The title sounds like it should be more of like a play on an established phrase right yeah she kind of gets into that with some of the other titles i saw like uh the very uh creatively named was a club dead i think it is <laughs> yeah. um my favorite is 
dead in the family, which I guess is a pun on death in the family. It's like you already had death in there. It's only so much you can work with, you know, it's. Um, but yeah, so I read Dead Until Dark and then Living Dead in Dallas, which I'm also not sure if that's a phrase that they're punning. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Um, did you read uh, the first two or the first, just the first one? Or I read the first book and I actually, I started, um, I, I had a free trial for Audible. So I decided I'll pick up the second one. So I just started the second one, but I haven't gotten okay, very far cool. in it. Yeah. I mean, the second one is interesting because it's about Lafayette's murder, which I did not expect. <clears throat> and um, then when I watched the... Uh, the first season of the show, I saw that they did change that murder to, I think just like some lady was, was it someone we knew? Yeah. In the show, it's uh, the person who, um, who does the, um, like, I guess like the voodoo magic or the seance on uh, Tara and her mom. I forgot her name. Oh, Miss Jeanette. That's yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I read the, those two books first and then watched the show so i'd say i went into the show with pretty low expectations based yeah, on the books like it's, mm-hmm. uh how how was it for you reading the books uh having already watched the show it was hard like <laughs> i mean look i you know writing is not like getting a book written edited published all that stuff it's not easy i haven't done it so obviously other people are doing something more correctly than i am but whatever this book like it was hard to read like i just i was bored a lot of the time um focusing just on sookie too was like just sucks like she's not even i would say the top even like in like a top 10 characters on the show so to have a book every book apparently from her perspective only is like grueling to me yeah Um, she's so like she's bored like Suki is boring and the book is boring, but also just like so deeply strange, just like everything she said, I was like, what are you talking about? Like who thinks like that? So, I mean, so this is, I think came out, um, the book came out 2001 or around that era. And I guess it's before a lot of like the, the more tropey vampire stuff, like twilight became popular. Um, the romance with monsters type things. Um, and I could see, like, a lot of those people must must have read some of Charlene Harris's stuff because a lot of the, I feel, groundwork is there for mm-hmm. it in this book. Like, the whole romance with, like, her and Bill is so just, like, first off, uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so not romantic, really, at all. God, compared yeah. to the TV show, let alone <laughs> real-life people. Um, it's a very, like, uh, he just comes off, like, very creepy. She comes off very... Like, like ditzy, but not in, like, a fun, like, not even, like, a naive kind of way, but, like, a, like, a kind of forced naivety. Yeah, it's so weird. Because, yeah, if she was, like, a straight-up, like, bimbo, I could see that being hot. And if she was sort of, like, this, like, very, like, girlish, innocent, wafy type character, I know, like, a lot of people are into that. But, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's such a, like, weird, specific type of, like not smart and naive that was like confusing to me. And I like, so often I was like, I wonder what she's going for with this character. You know, like I can't tell if she has a weird idea of what Sookie is or if it's just like, 
the writing is poor, so it's not coming across. Like I really wanted to understand like what Charlene Harris thinks the character is. It's I, I hesitate to call it like a like a Mary Sue type character because I don't think it's that degree of bad. Um, the The writing is itself feels very young adulty. Like even yeah, though there's yeah. a lot of a lot of mature, like way more mature than like YA stuff would be happening. It I, I feel like I'm reading like you know The Hunger Games or something. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Sorry, and it's yeah. Sorry, continue. All right. Um, yeah, so I mean, just the writing itself, which is very young adulty. Um, it feels, I mean, you know, again, saying this as an amateur, it feels amateur, the writing. Yes. Yeah. Um, the only thing I, w- I would really give her credit for, um, I do like the way she, she is very descriptive mm-hmm. in the book. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even from her perspective of a character, it's like she's very good at like laying out a scene and what's like, present in the scene which I, I did like in the book um but yeah otherwise i just you know it, it feels like baby's first book um yeah. first read written book <laughs> yeah it's such a weird combination of things because i felt like it did feel like very ya but it also had sort of this like very like sort of streak of feeling like aimed at like conservative christian moms which like the show doesn't have at all um, <clears throat> yeah. And then it also, you know, is like disgusting. Like the, the for the first sex scene upset me so much. <laughs> I remember you, you uh, posted it on uh, Twitter. That was, uh, it's something when they get into it, it's, it just feels so, it feels, I mean, it feels like a, a person who doesn't have, uh, just doesn't obviously do this kind of sex like stuff describing it and it's just like it's boring in a way like it's supposed to be like sexy and cool but i just i'm reading and i'm just like whatever like i I, i'm i'm not getting titillated by this i want to get to the next chapter or something yeah and like the the central couple it's a really interesting idea that she the idea that she had never had sex not because She's not attracted to people, but literally because, like, it's so weird to have sex with someone when you hear all their thoughts. And this is, like, her first time being like, oh, I don't hear this guy's thoughts. I've got to have sex with him. I think, like, that's, like, a really interesting, unique idea. But I feel like they, like, don't – they didn't do it well enough for me. Not at all. And maybe it gets better later in the books. Um, I I don't think I'll ever really (laughs) – I'll try out the second one, you know, audio version, but I don't think I'm going to read – any more of these. Um, and from what I've read online, a lot of people seem to have similar feelings to the ending that I do to the show's ending. So it doesn't seem like there's a lot to, uh, I don't know, gather there that I don't already have, you know, from the show itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of weird, I wouldn't say weird, but a lot of like strange kind of tidbits in the book that um, either don't translate to the show or don't get like, don't get made into the show or, 
just feel kind of like awkward, I think, in general. Um, I was looking through my notes. Um, like, for instance, um, I'm thinking like when the, the women in the uh, story start dying um, and Jason like brings it up to you know, Sookie and his grandmother, um, like if you get almost like a weird sense, like the grandmother would like, it feels like she suspects him like immediately in the book for some reason. Whereas obviously in the show, it's, you know, not even the same context is different because he's not the one who tells them. Um, it, a lot of it just feels, um, you know, like someone didn't really know what they were going to do with this beyond like vampires are cool. And <laughs> I want to, you know, I want to have sex with a vampire. Which is obviously, of course, yeah, who yeah, doesn't? Yeah, but, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I feel. I think like what one of the things that bugged me about it was like, and this is a little true of the show too. I think is like Suki as a character is frustrating because like she sees Bill and like immediately is like, ooh, a vampire. Like she's clearly like into that. And then she's just constantly like, hey, whoa, I didn't know you'd act like a vampire and like getting mad at the situation. And I just like kept getting frustrated because I was just like, I want to fuck a vampire. I want to read about someone who wants to fuck a vampire. <laughs> so let's get to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's very, it's funny, like trying to compare the two because. Overall, I mean, I think the first season of the show especially follows the, more or less, the main plot of the book very close. Um, but, like, the context of what the show is trying to say, what the book's trying to say, are, like, and there's an expansive difference between yeah. the two. I mean, the the show's commentary, which is often, like, very stupid. Like, I'm not saying it's, like, good at social commentary. <laughs> no, but, like... No. It's, like, in there, but I feel like the book is, like, it's very strange because, like, sometimes Suki will just, like, very casually be, like, oh, you know, obviously, like, we're all racist. Like, obviously, we all don't like having black people in our bar, and it, like, doesn't really do anything that with that. It's just, like, like, this book feels like it is, like, aimed at people who want to have sex with vampires and their favorite book is gone with the wind. Like those are the two things. (laughs) But you know, what's strange. I feel like the, at least the way she writes the people in the book, like the townspeople, they seem far, I mean, far nicer and more accepting of vampire, like the supernatural really um, compared to the show where like no one like wants to, no one, none of the people that live in Bontom want to be around like vampires generally. Um, but like in the, like in the book, like, um, what's her name? Uh, the Hoyt's mother, like she's like, I'm completely like, okay with Bill and like, likes Bill. Whereas in the show, she's just like a, you know, a, a gossip queen who doesn't like anything that's not, you know, white or Christian. So, I don't know. There's like a, a weird, um, I guess weird divide between those two things. I like the fact that the townspeople are nicer in the book to compare to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll save that for, for the show stuff. Yeah. The, yeah. The show hit a point when like, when like Sam was getting everyone to be like an angry mob, I was like, this is weird. Especially, like, especially 
um, like for a shapeshifter. I don't know. I just felt like it was very strange for him to be like, hey, that's not natural. Get him out of here. Yeah, it's like kind of, it's like, I mean, yeah, I, I guess maybe they're, they are trying to say something like it's hypocritical, yeah. like that he would feel that way being who he is. Um, yeah, it's like, it's, it feels like weird from him because I think in like both the book and the show, he's like usually one of the nicest characters. Oh, he like dot, I mean, even the book, he just, dots on her and <laughs> like i don't know he doesn't really i mean it's only from her perspective so i don't know exactly how sam feels or anything but yeah he just feels like a a, a a pillar a column that is there for her to lean on whenever things get bad and you know in the show it starts out like that but like sam has definitely one of the one of the more interesting like plot lines throughout the show um he deals with a lot of, you know, interest, especially season two. Like, he deals with a lot of, like, stuff about, like, his childhood and, you know, a lot of stuff that just, I feel, obviously, is better in the show because they actually make, you know, have him a background. They show his background. Whereas, you know, in the book, we're just always stuck. We're trapped with Sookie. <laughs> yeah. In the book, I feel so bad for him because, uh, like... Suki is just so oblivious, which I guess probably a lot of hot people are like this, but like <laughs> one part that like, I was like, Suki, what are you doing? Is like, he asked her to like accompany him out on a night together. I don't know. I don't remember if he used the word date, but it was like, like I understood like what his intentions were. And then like, Right after that, Sookie's like, you never asked me out. You never told me how you felt. And I'm like, yes, you did. You just went on a date with him. And you've heard you've heard his mind. You're a mind reader. <laughs> yeah. Which which I also like it, it, it like drives me crazy that she keeps describing it as a disability. Oh like, my this god, is, I know. Yes. It's just like okay, like obviously, yeah, writing that in twenty twenty two would be beyond like i mean stupid but even back then like what why would you try to make us feel sorry for someone who could <laughs> read people's minds like come on it's you're a superhero you're not like a yeah like because she described it as a disability i sort of imagined it being like this constant flood of voices which obviously would like impair you and then like when like Shortly after that, she's like, yeah, I, I just control it and just tune it all out. I was like, oh, well, then, like, fuck you. <laughs> oh, so so sorry you could, like, find out. You could, like, win trivia night without trying or something. <laughs> I don't know. That that definitely felt um, weak. And even in the show, the whole tele telepathy thing, never. I never really felt like it went anywhere interesting. Yeah, I agree. Um, Mostly it's just, like, feels like her big justification for wanting to fuck bill but it's like well he's like a cool guy you're attracted to like why do they need this other thing yeah not to mention like obviously if they had utilized her skill like correctly or you know at all she would have probably solved the murders of the show <laughs> so much sooner i don't know it's always yeah that's... like i feel like there's a part where she's like it's hard, you know, I'd have to find someone thinking about how they did the murder at like the exact second I was listening. And I liked that sort of setup. It gave it a quality of like, I don't know, have you seen like Pushing Daisies or iZombie? I've seen Pushing Daisies, yeah. Yeah. So 
uh, in those shows, it's I think it's interesting to have like a tiny bit of like out of context information and like try to put a murder together. It's like something, yeah, that like those shows have both done really well. And then I feel like in the book, the the like mystery aspect feels so lazy. It felt like her agent was like, this needs to be a mystery to sell. <laughs> and in the in the second one, it's even worse. It's like it starts off. She's like, oh, Lafayette's murdered. Um, it was probably this like weird sex party he went to. And then a whole plot happens with like Sookie and Bill and Eric having their own adventure. And then at the end, she like comes home and is like, okay, I looked into it. It was the sex party that he went to and they killed Lafayette. <laughs> it's very, I mean, uh, it's very obvious. Like, you know, the creator, Alan Ball, I remember reading like he, he found it, you know, like an airport bookstore, the first book. And then he said, let's make a show out of this, which, yeah, it's not a bad idea for a show, but it's very obvious why after the first book, like the show basically really doesn't follow any really anything established in the books um, closely, at least. Like just like reading the book and knowing that like HBO, the prestige network made this into like an expensive show with this level of talent. You're just like, Oh, that's like how big vampires were at this time. That This fucking book would get turned into an HBO show. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's, it definitely doesn't feel up their alley. Uh, even back then, um, you know, following things like, you know, obviously Sopranos, the wire, um, they seem to be more into doing like, um, realistic you know type shows um but i'm you know i'm glad i took a chance on it because you know notwithstanding you know however the books are i do think like i said before i think the first you know few seasons of the show are are incredibly entertaining um they miss the mark a lot with social commentary but um i don't know it it tries at least you know compared to a lot of things yeah it is interesting how different it is from hbo shows especially you know, back then, like pre Game of Thrones, when they weren't doing like they were definitely not doing like horny sci fi fantasy at the time. Um, yeah, and yeah, it has such an interesting feel because it uh, a lot of the time I think it feels like sort of like the CW if they were allowed to show boobs. Oh my god! Um, yeah, I I was oh, watching it again. I was like, this is a CW show. Yeah, it's um, so um, CWE. But then there'll be like certain moments, like when. Um, one of the times that Jason and Lizzie Kaplan were on drugs and it went into this like weird style with like weird stylized music. I was like, Oh, this reminds me so much of like his previous show, six feet under, which I just like, wasn't expecting in like the middle of this, like CW show. It's yeah. Yeah. It's such an like interesting show that like feels like it shouldn't really exist, but like, I'm glad it does. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this show clearly influenced um riverdale like you know we can say what we like about twin peaks being high school riverdale or riverdale being high school twin peaks like i i can i see clearly a lot of like the style styles and like the way they do jokes or they try to do mysteries like a lot of it seems to be much like how true blood does it um and obviously it's very heightened and absurd um which is good it's fun um I, I do feel like the, the mystery, central mystery, I think, in both the show and the book, speaking of the mystery, it's it's not, I don't find it terribly interesting either. Yeah, um, I totally agree. 
I think the best part about the, the show, at least, is the world building. Because you get to just really understand like what this world's like now that vampires are rolling my eyes out of the coffin and right. <laughs> you know um i think they develop that very very well the books uh the book doesn't really i i never get the sense that vampires they coexist with people they're just like i don't know like a cool new like dog just dropped and like, <laughs> like hey let's look at this dog like, i don't know the thing this thing that drives me crazy in the book and like, correct me if I'm wrong, if they ever mentioned this in the show, but I think they throw it out with good reason is like a bunch of people supposedly like actually believe that they have like a virus disease, um, which I, I see how it's plausible that you like, you know, theoretically there could be a disease where you're irritated by garlic and you, you're sensitive to the sun and you need like supplemental blood to survive. I was like, sure. But also, all of these vampires openly have been alive since, like, the Civil War. And it's like, that's not a fucking virus, dude. <laughs> like, and the, um, the part in the book that drove me crazy is Sookie, she finds out about Sam, that he's a shapeshifter. And then she has this, like, crazy epiphany where she's like, oh, my God, the supernatural exists. <laughs> and it's like... Yes, vampires are not people with viruses. Werewolves too? <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's like I think that's one of my my least favorite things about the show is the cramming in of like every single like supernatural urban fantasy genre subgenre creature entity like into the show uh, books i think do it too but less so yeah i don't think i don't think they even like hint at or they don't really even go into like uh Suki's family history which i, I mean i'm gonna spoil it for you but like in the show she has something special there is something special about her it's not just like you know her blood um and i feel like that always that really hurts the, sh the show in the later seasons um which is why I really appreciate the the first season, especially because it just feels it, it feels you know grounded for the reality that it establishes. It feels like you know it's not perfect, but I get like okay, vampires exist in this world, and maybe there's some other cool things in the background, but the main focus is vampires. Um, it's I think the problem is when you try to put the camera on other things that a lot of that stuff falls apart and. You know, I kind of wonder why the show even called True Blood at that point. Right, yeah. And I think, yeah, like, you get such diminishing returns on, like, you know, if in this reality, then people were like, hey, what well, does the werewolves want to say? We've al always existed and, like, so on and so forth. At some point, people would be like, okay, like, I don't, I'm sick of these headlines. Like, it would be like new... Like new uh, strains of coronavirus, where you're like, okay, I, I'm already masking. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just such, and it's it's unnecessary too. I, you know, vampires, shapeshifters, not werewolves. Apparently, I don't know why he had to be a shapeshifter instead of like just being a werewolf. <laughs> it's just like, what? What's the point? I don't understand why it matters. Um. I feel like it just it has too much that it wants to do. Um, that I guess maybe in a way the books might 
end up doing better, at least in that regard. Yeah, with in the second book, I don't know if you got this far, but I thought the I don't even remember what she was. It was like a fairy or a wood nymph or something. <coughs> um, but I thought that was done like pretty well. Like they made her super scary. The like oh. um the like creature in the woods uh tells Suki like I have a message for Eric Northam and then like makes Suki's back get all like scratched up and like creepy, which I thought was like an actual good horror moment. Maybe the only one in the first two books. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. I don't actually think the second seat, the second season goes into um, the fairy stuff. I don't remember it doing that. Um, but yeah, unfortunately it does uh, come up later and it's, <laughs> it's not done well, frankly. Oh man. Um, oh, so I wanted to talk about Jason in the books because I think yeah. in the show he's probably, I think, maybe my favorite character. Like, Jason is so fun. And then in the books, I just found him so weird and gross and just like, like, obviously, you're supposed to think he's bad a little. Like, Suki thinks about how he's bad, but it was like so unpleasant in a way that was like, not escapist and felt weird for a sexy vampire novel. And also there were like, I felt like Charlene Harris is like weirdly into thinking about Sookie and Jason together. Cause she keeps like slipping it in, in weird places. Like while Sookie is having sex, she'll just suddenly be like, Oh yeah. Like Jason. And I was like, what are you thinking about? Yeah. There, one one moment, this isn't exactly that, but just I wanted to bring up the, like, Suki's narration is so weird. And one moment that stood out to me is when she says fuck, she refers to it as a word that Jason taught me, which I'm like, you're 21. You shouldn't still <laughs> think of that as a word your brother taught you. You are not a child as much as this author wants you to act like one. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot, of the, a lot of the relationships in the book feel... I mean, just don't feel like they're even there. Like, I do not feel any love between Suki or Jason in the book. Um, it feels more like, yeah, kind of like what you said, like almost like a weird, creepy kind of tension kind of pops up once in a while. And then also just feels like he just doesn't like really like give a shit about her. Um, in the show, it's, I mean, I, I, I believe it. I think it works really well that they are siblings and... Um, care about each other, um, which I mean is, is easier, I guess, in a visual medium. But the books leave a lot to desire, just in general, with her relationships. I don't feel like she's friends with anyone in this town. Oh like, yeah, I, it always like confused me, like who she's supposed to be good friends with, because uh, yeah, the author is like super like lazy and inconsistent about it. Like Tara Thornton randomly comes up in like, I think book two. Right. And she's just yeah. suddenly like, Oh yeah. And my friend Tara Thornton is there. And it's like, that's like weird. <laughs> like you've never mentioned her. And she's yeah. Completely different from a totally from different character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like you mentioned, she mentions Arlene a lot in the first book and it seems in the, sh in the show, it seems like they've known each other for a while, but in the book, it almost seems like Sookie's implying that they really only are friends because of their job. Like, they don't have any outside, like, they don't really have much outside contact with one another. Um, like, that, that, that scene, um, 
where she's still like, um, I think Arlene like hugs her after her grandmother dies, and Sookie's like taken aback by it. Like, why would she <laughs> act like that? It's like, because you're friends. She thinks you're her friend. That's what friends do. She wants you to be her friend. Yeah, and especially how like the mystery is handled. Like Arlene goes through like this huge jarring experience that must have just been like so horrifying for her. And then like in book two, Sookie's just sort of like, oh yeah, like. I guess Arlene's been sad since she like found out about this. <laughs> yeah, the man she brought into her life, uh, who uh, was around her children, and you know, uh, was going to marry her, turned out to be a disgusting serial killer. No big deal. <clears throat> and I guess again, that's like. I don't want to keep using the excuse like, oh, I guess it's like, you know, an airport novel or this is like a pulpy TV show so they can just kind of be absurd and ridiculous. But you can. There has to be like a line. You have to, you know, there has to be. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and it's also a matter of like, I would forgive more of that stuff if like it was a really good mystery, you know, like I've read Mm. those kinds of airport novels where it's like, yeah, I don't like think about this character and their relationships at all, but I'm still like turning the page and like was really, you know, into what actually happened. And then the mystery in this, I just thought was like, so it was like, so dumb. There was no, like, there really wasn't like important clues that paid off later. She just kind of like picked someone to be the killer. And it was like, I know it's like in a way realistic that when someone does these uh, these crimes, obviously there's not going to be a real justification. It's just going to be like, oh, they're like, there's something like deeply wrong with them, obviously. Yeah. But I just like felt the idea that he like found out something about his sister and then like turned on a dime into being like, okay, I guess I will will kill my sister and then have sex with her and then do that to a bunch of other ladies. I was like, I just don't believe that. It's like, I guess I have to, cause we don't know anything else about Renee, but it just was so, it was such an extreme crime to just like be this guy who like, yeah. Yeah. I don't get it either. Um, there's, I mean, I think there's something interesting you can do with that. Like maybe like, you know, a vampire did something bad to his sister or to his family or to him, but it's just like, you're, you're, you're murdering people. And I mean, in the book, at least raping people because your sister like had sex with a guy one time. Like, are you, <laughs> just, are you insane? Oh, yeah, you are. But like, why? What? I, I yeah. hate that. Yeah. It was like, if someone is that weird, I want it to be like a whole, like, silence of the lambs type thing and not just like a quick like paragraph wrapping things up and being like oh yeah it, it turned out he killed her, his sister and then had sex with the body you know and you know for, we were saying before like the mystery like sucking like you know it sucks i think because there's not even like a mystery like they don't really there's no there's nothing pointing really to any like one episode like I'm thinking more of the show, but like in the show, like one episode might like put the spotlight on Sam for doing something weird that we find out, you know, eight episodes later, he did this because of this or, you know, people like, uh, even like Jason, like there's reason to suspect in the at least early episodes that like, yeah, he might've done this without knowing. Um, I never feel like I ever get any idea in the book or show that Renee is responsible until 
it says, hey, Renee is responsible <laughs> yeah. for this. They don't hint at it. They don't really try to. Um, yeah. So I think like the one detail that I thought was a good detail was that he knew who was protecting Suki's house and like knew what his weaknesses were. You realize yeah. in retrospect. Um, so I thought like that was good, but yeah, pretty much everything else. Uh... Does doesn't work for me. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's frustrating when a mystery like doesn't understand that there need to be like different possible suspects. Like I hate getting to a mystery and being like, okay, like, I guess it could be that person or it could be anyone. Great. Okay. And they focus on Jason so much for it where like he, he is either like going by what he would say, you know, he's either too dumb in the show to do it or in the book, he's like too, I don't know, like apathetic to the things around him to even feel any way to do that. And I don't even, I don't even think like, like, I don't think the book even, tries to say the fact that he's like having sex with these women it's just that he did in the past or he did like sometime recently but not like just like this week or something so it's just always it's up in the year and i feel like we're supposed to be surprised that it's renee um i'll tell you right now i know in the show especially watching it now like this guy has one of the worst cajun accents i've heard in my life he's it's definitely so weird. <laughs> he's gotta be fake but like in the book it's just she could have read, she easily could have heard his mind or something, and this could have been over. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, the whole mystery aspect in the books feels like super strained because they put in this weird thing where in the vampire world, like the way you get power in their hierarchy is like becoming a detective. Like. <laughs> oh, it's like you're the sheriff you're the investigator you're the magister you're the the top cop detective like i okay i didn't know vampires yeah. so weird because they yeah like they introduced this thing that i thought was like really cool and hot where like they meet eric and he's like oh yeah eric's an older vampire so pretty much anything he wants to do to us he can and i was like great hot yeah. i love it and then, but then Bill's just like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to Dallas and then become like chief constable vampire. And that way I can protect us from Eric. And I'm like, what? Oh, that's oh, that whole shit where he just like leaves for a weekend and he comes back and he's like, yeah, I'm actually the investigator of this entire region now. So he won't mess with us anymore. It was like, oh, okay, good. I'm glad you solved that while uh, the, the actual storyline was happening. <laughs> So it's so strange. I I do love the way they do it in the show, um, but yeah, the book stuff. I'm just like, I don't even understand what the point of it is. Um, which actually brings me to one of my least favorite aspects of the book is Bill. Um, I I love Bill in the show. I think Bill's cool as hell in the show, and you know, obviously Stephen Moyer, very attractive man. Um, in the book, like I said before, just kind of creepy. Um, especially the sex scenes with him and, and Suki. Um, if it's very obvious that he is, uh, you know, guiding all the stuff and it's not done in like a interesting or like a sexy kind of like submissive way. It's yeah. just like this girl is that, young, doesn't know what she's doing. This guy's going to tell her what to do kind of thing. 
that aspect of their relationship is super weird. And Charlene Harris seems like super oblivious to it. Cause I know in, in like book two, Suki has this part where she's like, I guess I'm scared of going to a sex party and being forced to do anything I don't want to do. Which first off was like a weird thing to say. I was like, yeah, I know. Like <laughs> that would be scary. <laughs> um, but I was also like, they're like literally in the previous scene, you like told Bill no. And he was like, no, it's okay. And kept going, which is like, it's fine for that aspect of their relationship to exist. But it's weird that it seems like Suki doesn't know and is like, oh, it would be horrible if I was ever violated. Like, so weird. It has the same kind of feeling that, I mean, unfortunately, you know, comparatively to like the Twilight novels and the movies where like this woman is kind of like getting manipulated and abused, you know, by this person she's in love with. And like, you don't get any sense that, you know, obviously Bill cares for her in the book, but it's not, it feels more like property. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in the show they do, it starts out that way in a way, but you know, I've always felt at least, uh, keep, I'm going to keep saying in the, the first half of the show, um, it feels like they are truly like romantically, you know, entwined with each other. Yeah. Um, and I really like the aspect that, like, I, I really like how he is like, yeah, you're like my property because otherwise, like, other vampires will think you're like up for grabs and be with you. Like, I think that's a really interesting yeah. dynamic that, like, from his perspective, it's like, yeah, obviously. Like, of course, I'm going to be like, you're mine. I have dibs, whatever. <laughs> um, it's, it's reading about him thinking about him more in the book just disappoints me more um he just he's so like matter of fact he's so boring it's like every everyone's so boring in this book like it just i i don't i really i'm glad i didn't read the books before i saw the show because i probably wouldn't have watched the show i i i can't i'm I'm sorry you read the book first because (laughs) it's it's not i don't think it was worth it yeah um and yeah for as far as bill's character i just hate that combination that i feel like I feel like this shows up in like horny sort of like female fantasies a lot. And I like, don't get it at all where a guy is like creepy, but like so boring and vanilla. It's really weird. It's just like, I, I get like, you know, having like dark fantasies about like being violated, but also like, the way they make it just like so boring. I'm just like, what is the fantasy? Why, why is he so nothing? I think the problem is, I think she tries to force the bill and Sookie thing because I mean, I guess that's just what she thought she wanted to do for the first few books. But it's, I mean, even the first book, it's very clear to me, even like Eric is far more interesting than Bill is. Um, and I guess I think her and Eric actually have more romantic stuff in the books um, later. Um, but it's just so like, it's so clear that there's something like mysterious and like, I don't know, kind of unbecoming about Eric that interests you. There's a mystery to him. You want to know, learn more about him. Bill kind of lays everything out. Just, just plops it out. Like when you ask him, like, yep. So I'm I'm from the Civil War era. Lost my family. Um, it's handled better than the show, but I think he's just like it's just like a whatever thing. 
in the book. Like, I wish Bill didn't come back. <laughs> I wish he was investigator. <laughs> and then, you know, let's go see Suki do some mysteries with Eric or something. Yeah. Yeah, it is so funny that, like, Bill literally says, I think this is probably my favorite Bill moment, is when he, like, brings up the idea of Eric wanting to be with Suki. And he's like, he's a very powerful vampire and is more attractive than me. <laughs> and like, <laughs> all right, well, I'm glad I feel self-aware. And yeah, it's interesting. They just like have, it feels like they have so much more fun with Eric. Like in the second book, he like goes in disguise with her to the sex party and like puts on like a little like leather outfit and is like, oh yeah, I'm a <laughs> gay guy who's here to do gay stuff. And it's like, that's so goofy and fun. Why doesn't Bill have any fun scenes? Very cool. Yeah, I love that. I gotta. I actually, I want to read that now. Um, yeah, it's surprising to me because, I mean, he is uh, you know one of the main characters for the for the first few books. I why not you know develop him more? Why this side character essentially the first book becomes like the fandom's like go to like shipping partner for Suki, um, and even the show I guess that happens too. But I'm just always like there's no reason for her to stay with Bill once Eric comes in the picture, you know? Um, yeah. It is just wild how much, like, the the biggest problems, I think, even in the show, are, like, Sookie and Bill and the Sookie and Bill relationship. And um, it's like, oh, those are the main characters. <laughs> but it's just, like, um, I mean, like, in the book, it's all fairly bad. But in the show, I'm just like, Every time I'm not watching Sookie or Bill is like when I'm enjoying the show. A A plus show. They're not on screen. Um, I mean, I mean, like I said before, I I do I do like Bill a lot. I think even without Sookie, he would be good. I think the problem really is 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 Sookie mm. um, show end book. Um, she, she honestly like watching it again. I'm like. Sookie sucks. Like she's, I know, yeah. She she's very like rude and just like annoying. And so in the book, the one thing I noticed was she's very she's kind of like timid and not keen on discussing. Like you know, she's a southern lady. She doesn't want to discuss you know kissing other kiss and tell. In the show, she loves to brag about fucking Bill. <laughs> it is it is beyond annoying. It is like, all right, I get it. You're not a virgin anymore. Shut up. Go away. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's such a terrible character. And it like, you like feel like I felt angry that they cast Anna Paquin. It was like this weird thing of them being like, okay, instead of like fixing this fucking terrible character, we'll just get like an Oscar caliber actress and be like, okay, you figure out what like motivations are like i don't like <laughs> yeah i i don't even think she gets really she doesn't get more interesting in the show she gets i think she be gets she gets better like i don't i don't like want to claw my eyes out when it's just her on the screen um and i like anna paquin as an actress i think she's perfectly fine but i there's a i, I think there's another reason again why they called it you know true blood and not the Sookie Stackhouse Chronicles, yeah. like the show's not really about her. It's an ensemble piece, and the ensemble is so much better than her. Yeah. I mean, going off. Are we okay to talk about the TV show now? Or yeah, let's uh, do it. Going right off the bat, 
we have Tara and Lafayette, amazing characters, played by incredible actors, so much more interesting than anything the book said about, I mean, Tara's not even mentioned the first book, number one, so that's whatever. Lafayette is a C side character who dies. Basically, all he does is Sookie is like, wow, you wouldn't expect us to have a black gay chef at our little bar, and then he gets murdered, and that's like it. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, aren't we interesting and cool? And it's like, no, actually, you're not. I know it's the early 2000s, but this is not, um, yeah, that's a pretty, shouldn't be that weird or, you know. It isn't like the this isn't the town travel manual kind of thing, um, and I give the show credit for you know trying to not make it like a big deal. Like um, no one, I don't think anyone really treats Lafayette differently beyond I think like those one those two assholes who walk to the bar like once in the show. Otherwise, no one cares that Lafayette's gay or that he you know is feminine or you know dresses you know with like lipstick and all that stuff. Like no one brings it up at all the weird stuff is vampires that's like the whole thing that they're worried about and that's where a lot of um social commentary stuff social commentary stuff i i see now is just like ooh, this is big yikes for me it's a lot of, a lot of really dumb decisions on their part trying yeah, to be progressive yeah so much of it is so dumb it's just like all the bigot characters there's like no subtlety they'll just be like I don't like vampires because they remind me of gays and immigrants. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, it's it's so put on. It's so a lot of it feels forced. Like, I don't believe at all that half these people don't like like either don't like these people or do like these people. A lot of it feels just it feels phony. It feels um, I f- I get I get taken out of it. I feel like I'm watching like a TV show. I know I'm watching a TV show when those things happen because it's just not handled well. Um, I, I like I'm, I'm like watching like the intro credits. Like I'm always I always remember the one little snippet where they're the intro. They drive past the uh, the billboard that says "God hates fangs," God. and I, like I'm like that's actually like that's all you need to do, right? You don't need to say anything else. Like that's like perfect. Like I mean, perfect strong word. It's good symbolism for like that's it. There's nothing else to say. The show shows you that, and then has like a person walk in front of it and say like, also, so here's why vampires are like uh, gay people or, or like my, this minority. And it's like, you didn't need to do that. You could have just, the sign was fine. I understood the entire premise of the show with the sign. And now it's not, it's, it goes beyond that because the show is very, um, very unwieldy with its um, commentary. Um, the big thing, obviously LGBT, um, you know, Q stuff. It's it it's really trying to like show that vampires and I guess you know other supernatural creatures are equivalent to uh, you know that community, which is number one absolutely bonkers. Like, yeah, what a stupid thing to say. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so it's so funny because like the show has like actual gay characters and they're really good like yeah all the like literal gay stuff is great and then just like also being like but vampires are also gay guys and you're like no i think these gay guys are gay guys like <laughs> and i i don't understand the idea that vampires are supposed to be oppressed like 
this is it's like a like a common thing where people try to write stories about like you know mages or some type of super powered like people who are oppressed by you know the majority a vampire could probably i mean they show in the show a vampire can murder like a hundred people in five seconds this this person this thing this monster is not like oppressed by you it is allowing you to exist so the whole thing where it's like vampire rights act oh can vampires get married to humans does not apply to to lgbt people because like that's the 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 implication you're making when you're trying to say like vampires are equal or just like that, I think is like now like blows my mind that people would try to make that distinction because it makes no sense. Yeah. It's borderline offensive and like does it just like why why would you even try to say that? Yeah, it's super awkward because it's like they're they're like dancing around this thing of like but, like, it's reasonable for people to hate vampires because they do kill people. And, like, I think it's interesting that the existence of True Blood is, like, a game changer where you can have vampires who genuinely don't kill people. But a lot of the vampires, like Bill, it's like he's been alive since the Civil War. And the fact that he's still alive um, for so long when there wasn't the invention of true blood means everyone knows that he's killed like a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah he definitely has. And, and oh, good. Okay. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I just always find metaphors like that, like super awkward. Um, like, for example, like the X-Men, um, I think, I think Andrew Taven was saying this when he was on the podcast a while ago, how like, if Jewish people could bring an airplane down with their minds, then I might be like, okay, we should keep a registry of them. Like, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. It, it's it's the same kind of thing that applies to, like, idea that applies to, like, the vampires, especially vampires in, like, this universe. Uh, in the first season alone, we meet, what, two, like, semi nice vampires every other vampire you meet in the show is a, a psychopathic asshole why would anyone feel bad for them or want them to have rights they will they want to murder humans they want to right. ca- put them in the cattle pens and like you can't like unless the unless the message is like oh activists are stupid oh being progressive <laughs> is stupid which I, it's clearly not supposed to be right. why would you use this as your metaphor for you know um um groups like that um at least show yeah, more nice vampires i don't know <laughs> yeah exactly it's like like the true blood universe is like if lgbt discourse was exactly the same but LGBT people were actually molesting children a lot. Like that's what right. the True Blood universe is. And just like if activists just like ignored that and didn't address it. And it, it's never I don't know. I don't think I don't recall exactly if like activist stuff like happens a lot in the show. I feel like it does and they probably just like get turned into they get turned into paste. Like they get murdered by vampires for trying to give them rights or something, which is always that you know classic like oh both sides always do this kind of thing, um, and it, it doesn't I don't know I feel like the show could have had more to say about stuff like that. I mean I know Alan Ball you know is a gay man and I'm sure he had to grow up you know around people who did not 
like him for who he was. And we got to, we get that in Six Feet Under, I think, um, with um, what's the actor's name who plays uh, Dexter? Uh, uh, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, or not Dexter. Uh, yeah, it's Dexter. What's his name? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm a, Michael C. Hall. Oh, Michael C. Hall, yeah. Yeah, like we get, like I think I've, I've keep in mind I've only seen like the first two or three seasons of Six Feet Under, but I feel like we get a, a very like mature and um, well done storyline about you know a gay man in America in like the two thousands with his story. Um, in True Blood, we don't really get that because like this is an alternate universe where uh, gay people are completely fine with everything. It's totally cool. Like no one cares what they're doing anymore. Now it's about a new minority group and it's a minority group that will break your neck that can yeah. easily punch your heart out. Yeah. It's so confusing. Cause it's like, it's 2007. So it's like, are they talking about vampire marriage when gay people still can't be, get married? Like, cause I'd be like super pissed. I'd be like, <laughs> doesn't even come up. It doesn't even yeah. come up. And it, it makes me wonder, I mean, granted this is like before, you know, we, America um, legalized gay marriage, and um, I guess you know it's it's in this period where you know all the fucking weirdos and psychos like are going into their hidey holes, and you know allowing you know allowing gay people to go outside and not get murdered all the time. So I guess maybe for the show, it's like okay, maybe um, we don't even touch on that because the political metaphor is this now and this is what's the forefront of the show but it's the same problem it's like you're not you're not pretending like what like tara and lafayette don't get like people don't get racist towards them like i don't believe that in louisiana yeah it's so weird because like there's moments like the sookie's grandma stands up for bill and she literally says like let's not lynch him. Like she uses that word, which just like disgusted me, especially because this same woman like is a member of the, like our glorious dead association, which is like people Very, honoring Confederates. Yeah. Like yeah. they don't mention the show or maybe not in the book. I don't think, but she's clearly like in like a Confederates, like a uh, military history club. Yeah. And it's just, like, so fucking weird that she's, like, in the same episode, she's like, yeah, come to our our group that celebrates Confederate soldiers, and then is like, let's not lynch this vampire. Jesus, it's so weird. And speaking of, of that type of, like, um, idea, uh, speaking of, of characters like, like Tara and Lafayette, like, I guess Lafayette really doesn't deal with it um, the same way Tara does, but... I really got a feeling like the first few episodes, whoever wrote Tara's scripts, the first few episodes definitely felt like a white guy who thinks black people are angry a lot. And right. it's like, it feels very awkward. It feels very forced. Um, just this constant, like, Oh, like she has to be mad at you because she thinks you're being racist thing. I thought that was dead in like the eighties. And now you have yeah. a character in a 2000 show doing this. It's lame. It's lame as hell. Yeah, it's this thing. I feel like this comes up in TV so much where like the the performances elevate it so much that it's like they're they're badly the black characters are like badly written early on, especially 
but then are still like the best characters on the show. <laughs> so it's like kind of an awkward thing of being like, um, yeah, I like do find their writing of Tara annoying, but she is also the best character on the show, which is just like <laughs> such an awkward like state of things. Yeah. I mean, I got to give a lot of props to, um, I'm going to say her name wrong. Rutina Wesley. Um, she's wonderful in the show. Um, and she has much like Sam, I think really interesting character development, um, throughout the rest of the show. Um, yeah, her and Lafayette are easily like some of the most fun, like people to watch act in the show. It's about like Lafayette. Like I, anytime he's on the screen, like he's, he's stealing the show. Like that actor, um, was just like had so much presence and charisma and owned it. Like, this is just like a guy like riffing on like I think he said like his mom and sister. <laughs> this like that's how he developed Lafayette, and it you know it's I think it's great. Like I love his character in the show. Um, I just wish um, I don't know, I wish they had more to do with that the type of like the commentary that the show is clearly trying to say, but ignores them when it's you know it, it's not like you know if tomorrow elves and dwarves you know, came out of like the fl- the ground, you know, I'm not going to assume that, you know, Stormfront's going to stop hating black people. It's just not, right. it's, they'll, they'll hate the, the elves and dwarves too, but they, they didn't stop hating other people. Um, yeah. It's, it's such a weird situation of being like, yeah, the most, the most oppressed person on the show, the person who people would be running out of the town is obviously going to be, this white guy who literally fought for the Confederacy. <laughs> who owns slaves, I'm pretty sure he says. Well, he, uh, he's like, oh no, I didn't, but my dad did, which is like, okay, that means you did. Like you if did, your dad yeah. had a heart attack, they would be your slaves. Yeah. So so glad you were you were uh, kind to your slaves. Good good work, bud. Um But I guess I guess going uh, a little further away from her kind of core group of of people, I mean, um, we talked about Jason. I, I do love Jason the show. Ryan Ryan Quant Quanten. Um I I was telling my <laughs> telling my uh my fiance before, like, this dude is so fucking hot in the show, I cannot believe he is not a big star right now. It is incredible to me. Um I love I love Jason. Yeah, I feel like the first scene in the show that really sold me just like on the show is when um he wants to get drugs from Lafayette and he pays by just like dancing for him on camera. <laughs> it's so fucking good. It's like such a just like weird hot scene. And it's like so precious that like Jason's so fucking dumb that he was like dancing with his face fully showing for like a long time before being like, hey, wait, are people going to see this? <laughs> Like Lafayette has to be the one to like think of like giving him a mask because he's like, yes, people are gonna see it. That's why I'm making a tape. And he gets really into it. He dances very nice. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I. That's why I like Jason's you know naivety and ditziness more than Sookie's because it feels it feels it feels endearing in a way. It's like yeah. this is oh it's my it's my dumb fucking brother like kind of character where Sookie's like that's my annoying sister who thinks she knows everything yeah and like with Sookie I just like can't wrap my head around like who wants this like I'm just constantly like who is this for like who was supposed to be enjoying this character whereas with like Jason on the show it's like blatantly like 
oh, this is like four gay guys to enjoy. Like that's the point of this character, which is like so cool to see. I was like, this is like, for me, like better than the show having good straight rep is that they have, or sorry, better than the show having gay, good gay rep is just that they have a straight character who like solely exists <laughs> for the amusement of gay guys. I was like, that's true progress. Yeah. It reminds me, there, there's that scene in the show where he's talking to um, Eddie, the gay vampire they kidnap. So good. Uh, yeah. Great, great story. Great story. little subplot with him. Um, but I forget the exact line. It says something along the lines of, um, you know, oh, J- Jason says to him, I didn't, you know, I didn't expect gay guys to look like you. I expect them to look like, and Eddie's like, oh, look like you. Yeah. Everyone thinks gay guys look like you. And it's like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people wish gay guys looked like this all the time, but, yeah. you know, can't always be like that. Um, but Jason, really, really good. Um, I get a little weary with him in the middle of the show. I feel like, he doesn't have a lot to do in the middle. It's mostly like the end and the beginning and then a lot more in season two. Um, but like the stuff where like he like slaps his sister because his grandmother died is like weird. I think that is handled in the book better. Um, yeah. The, the, in the book. So the, the whole thing is like Suki was uh, getting molested by like her great uncle, her grandma's brother. And, Jason in the is like really insensitive about it. And I think like in the book, I found that like pretty believable. Um, and so I liked, I thought the Sookie Jason part of that was pretty decent. The part of that storyline that bugged me in the book was that Bill kills the uncle, which is like, obviously look, if like you're a vampire and you find out your girlfriend got molested first thing you're doing, like, duh. Yeah. Um, but like Sookie, gets mad at him and like the the like part I just found so funny is that she's like I just can't have you like fine tuning my life like trying to fix everything and it's like okay it's the uncle who molested you like I feel like that's clearly a one time thing that's not like a slippery slope to him killing someone who cut you off in traffic yeah you can you can relax okay he's not going to like murder like the tax collector because you got mad yeah. at him um <laughs> I do. That's that, but like you're right. It's like some things that the book does. I think handle a little bit more with care. Um, the show just kind of goes zero to one hundred with it. Like, oh, that's my uncle who molested me. Bill's like, all right, let me get, let me go get my killing hands ready. You know, <laughs> uh, that's a, I'm getting. I'm gonna do it. Um, but other than that, I think. Um, oh, and I like the scene. This the subplot with him and Amy. I think is. I mean, obviously, more in depth in the show. Um, but I really like that that plot, especially the the imagery of it when they're on like the the vampire the vampire juice. Yeah. Um, I think the uh, hallucinatory, hallucinatory aspects of it, you know, make it. Um, I guess maybe that's really the only thing that makes it interesting is that it's just like kind of like visually, you know, appealing and interesting. Um, and Lizzie Kaplan, frankly, is kind of annoying um, as oh, uh, yeah. Amy. But you know, Jason's there to you know keep us keep us with it, and also yeah. Stephen Root as a uh, Eddie. So good, yeah, yeah. That that plot was my favorite aspect of the show. Like I, I just love them kidnapping a sad gay vampire, and the way Jason just like Jason just so badly wants to like ethically keep a man abducted. <laughs> I love the I love the line when Jason is like, "It's gonna be okay. She wants you to be part of the family, just like I do." 
Yeah, they're little pets. Um, I will say that plotline, I I do enjoy it. It also, I feel like it never gets any comeuppance for it. Like, Jason kidnapped, you know, not going to say like a vampire. He killed, kidnapped a person, kept them under his, you know, under his will as a hostage, and then indirectly got him murdered. And, like, I don't think Jason ever wrestles with that or, like, faces, like, consequences for that. It's just, like, completely brushed under the rug. Doesn't matter. No one cares about it ever again. Um, I don't know. It just feels like there should have been more for him to deal with with that, especially since he liked Eddie. They He became friends with Eddie, his first vampire friend. Um, and then, of course, you know, he joins the religious zealot weirdos. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's definitely a good point. Yeah. <clears throat> um, going down the line, we have uh, other super hot man, uh, Eric Northman, Alexander Skarsgård. He has just the dumbest hair. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking... It looks... I think it might, it might be a wig. I don't know. It looks awful. Um, but he looks great. He's very, like, um, even in the show, just, like, charismatic in a way that... Uh, kind of escapes Stephen Moyer's version of Bill. Um, you're interested in what he's got going on behind his, you know, beautiful eyes. Um, and I mean, obviously we see him a lot more, you know, later in the show, but um, I do think better in the show than the book. Um, mm-hmm. I think we, we get to see Eric do more sheriffy stuff, which is interesting, you know, for world building. Um, you get the idea that I mean, you know, Eric is like old. Apparently, he was a Viking when he became a vampire. Yeah, it's funny. His name was Eric Northman, uh, which I thought was funny because Alexander Skarsgård was just in that movie. Yeah, he played the Northman. Yeah. Um, he's very uh, typecast. Yeah, he's always playing a yeah you know, tall, angry, uh, scary uh, North Northern European guy. <laughs> um, but it works for him, I think, in the show. Um, I guess I can't say much about him because I, I remember, I'm remembering now he's actually not in the first season that much. It's like just enough. Um, but I do I do like him as Eric Northman. I think he was a good fit. Um, I think in the book, Charlene Harris described him looking like uh, David Duchovny. Do, do you remember that? <laughs> oh, I don't remember that. I think that's what she said. Or she was she mentioned something about him acting or being like David Duchovny, which I did not get at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like him a lot. Um, and then just like, you know, the town itself. The, uh, I like Bond times. Like, it feels believable. Yeah, I really... Um, it One thing that was good about it being an HBO show and not a CW show is it, like, just encapsulates the feel of that town so well. Yeah, it, it like, has such a vibe where, like, like, when you watch it, you just, like, feel, like, hot and humid just, yeah. like, watching the show. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming it must have been filmed in Louisiana because, or I, I shouldn't assume that, but it feels like it filmed in Louisiana. Um, and yeah, the I think the the environment really sells it. Um, I guess I guess in a way they're kind of using like you know what Anne Rice already established, like the whole Southern vampire stuff, but it's kind of turned on its head with uh, the show because um, these vampires, a lot of these vampires are kind of like you know they're just like us. They're messy and they love drama and. Um, you know they don't they don't know when to be quiet or you know make mistakes things like that um so i always really like uh the characters that um at least from the book that they establish more in the world 
Um, all right. It's been, it's been a little over an hour so we can start wrapping up, but were there things from the book or, or season one of the show that you really wanted to touch on? Uh, I mean, we talked about the commentary stuff. I think that was like my big takeaway from a lot of it. It just felt, I don't know. It feels wrong watching it now. Um, I'm remembering, I just remembered, um, the first time we see Tara, she's reading, uh, the shock doctrine, um, by, uh, Naomi, um, Naomi Klein. I don't know if you've read any of her books. No. She's, she's kind of like, um, I guess like, you know, vaguely kind of like leftist, like essay article kind of person. Um, so I just thought it was funny that Tara's reading a book about like how like the Iraq war was instigated because of <laughs> capitalism and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it's such like a small detail. Like it's sort of like a second. I'm like, I know the cover of that book. Um, where was my other notes? Um, I was, I, I maybe you feel differently. I, I wanted to ask, do you think the show um, is classist? Oh, uh, I mean, it's interesting. I feel like the, the, book definitely has like that streak um like something that drives me crazy about the book is like how much she thinks waitresses are like an exotic oppressed minority <laughs> like Suki is just always thinking like oh like everyone looks down on me for being a working class waitress who and it, like first off like her parents own a house and her grandma owned a house so it's like oh hi um and she like, has mineral mineral rights to her property yeah. I forgot to mention that um, and it like just rings super false because like, it just like, doesn't make sense that you would be that hung up on being working class when it's like, but everyone is <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it would make more sense if she like was someone who, you know, takes a train and commutes and like is a maid in the suburbs, but it's yeah. like, you're surrounded by other waitresses. Like what, what is this? <laughs> My 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 thinking was more along the lines of um, like in the book. I don't feel like. All right, actually, let me let me start different way. I, I sometimes feel like the show is making fun of like people from like mm, areas yeah. like that, and then sometimes I feel like it's not. Um, the book never really feels that way. I guess maybe just because I mean I don't think Charlene Harris wrote it that way, um, but you do get the sense like we're watching like. A bunch of dumb like southern hicks like i don't know uh trying to grab each other's asses while a murder and a vampire like invasion is going on kind of thing um yeah i definitely see what you mean especially like his previous work like six feet under and american beauty is very much focused on like stuffy kind of like I want to say waspy. I guess technically the characters on True Blood are also waspy, but like the, <laughs> the sort of like upper class type yeah. of wasp. Um, and so, yeah, you do like know that it's like, I would say it's definitely inauthentic. Like you're watching just someone's made up version of these Southern people for sure. Yeah. I would say that too. And yeah, a lot of like weird Hollywoodisms come into play with that mm -hmm. where, um, I wrote. I actually wrote this down because I was like shocked that she said this. Um, Silky tells, I think, her grandmother or Jason that she's, uh, you know, a poor waitress. She only makes ten dollars an hour in tips, and I'm like, <laughs> there is no, there is. Uh, I can count on one hand how many restaurants, like in, like New Jersey, would pay you 
more than four dollars an hour. You are in the South in the two thousands. You make ten dollars an hour and tips. You make as much money as like I did. Like you make as much money as like as like a nor like a, a person who has like a a well paying job. Like it's not even. It, that was like bonkers to me. I couldn't believe. <laughs> like, yeah, clearly Hollywood has no idea what waitresses make. Um, <laughs> but yeah, stuff like that. I think, um, I don't know, it kind of gets a little airbrushed. I think over time and becomes um, becomes better um, throughout the show uh, until it gets so much worse. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's. Um, I guess that's all the notes I really had. All right. Do you want to rate the the book and the show? Sure. Um, remind me, is it uh, out of five or? Yeah, let's do it out of five. Okay. So for the book, uh, sorry, Miss Harris, I, I have to give you a, a two out of five. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like, I like, like I said, the descriptiveness of a lot of the the book, uh, even though maybe it's a little too much. But I, I always do feel like I. You know, the one positive I can say is I do feel like I understand like the setting, the background, what's going on, you know, in a scene. Uh, but everything else doesn't work for me. Don't like the characters. Do not like much of anything else in the book. Um, the show, um, you know, ten years ago, I probably would have said four out of five. I would say now, at least from the first season on, I would say three out of five. Um, I, I still I still enjoyed watching it. Um, you know, there's a lot of imitators I think nowadays where it comes to shows like this. People trying to make like a campy, pulpy, like ultra violent sex comedy kind of thing, and it just doesn't really work out well. True Blood, mm-hmm. I think, worked pretty good. You know, in that regard. Um, and I I only learned today they're trying to reboot. You know, the show, and the creator of Riverdale is attached to it. So that tells you oh exactly. My God. What's uh, probably going to happen there. But yeah, I think overall, I, I do like the show a lot. And I, I recommend it to, to anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, I'm also going to give the book to... it. It's such a weird experience. Just like, uh, so much of the narration is just Suki saying just like bizarre <laughs> things. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It's yeah, I'm so surprised that it like was successful and got turned into a prestige show. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the show I thought was so fun. Love sad gay Stephen Root so much. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I'm also gonna give it three. And I think you're so right about like imitators because I think like um, I feel like so many people who make this kind of stuff like sort of like. Riverdale or American Horror Story, it's like all over the place with like how much you're supposed to care. Like, I feel like those shows will so just like suddenly randomly be like, all of this is stupid and none of the characters feel anything. And I'm like, oh, I was I was trying to watch a story over here. And True Blood seems like uh pretty like consistently like, you know, this is a story about characters with real feelings that yeah. you can be invested in. Yeah. There's an earnestness to it that a lot of uh, modern day shows just don't try to have. Um, yeah. Like a, they're, it's like they're imitating True Blood, but also like think that they're too good for True Blood. <laughs> yeah. 
it's always it's you know there's a place for that obviously like i do like i've watched shows read books where like the characters you know know like what's going on is stupid or ridiculous but it should not be every single media property should not be (laughs) self-aware of like those types of things all the time you know true blood comes from like an you know even like it was only like 12 years ago innocent error of tv (laughs) where like you could watch a vampire and a werewolf, number one, have sex with each other, kill a bunch of people, and then have a real heart-to-heart about, like, what it means to grow up in America and, like, yeah. how it affects them. Like, that's cool. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's end on recommending a book for fans of the show so that they don't have to read Dead Until Dark. <laughs> um. I'm going to recommend Haunted Tales of the Grotesque by Joyce Carol Oates, which I think, um, I think Joyce Carol Oates uh, does a very good job at something a lot of people try to write and don't really succeed at, which is like innocent, naive girls who are like, who, you know, get their naughty little bottom spanked by an evil spirit. (laughs) (laughs) So many people cannot write that well, but I think that, JCO hits it out of the park. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've, I've I've read I've only read her short stories, but I I agree I, I'm a big fan of her. Um, for my recommendation, I I don't want to I feel like I I feel like I'm um I don't remember who I recommended last time, but I feel like I hope I'm not recommending the same books again. Um, I'm trying to remember what the hell it's called. Oh, that's his name. Uh, so there's a book series called. Um, the Joe Pitt novels. Yeah, the Joe Pitt case books. Um, I randomly discovered these um, around the same time period. Book came out actually. Um, they're very. Um, it's five books, very pulpy, very noiry kind of stories. Basically about a a vampire in New York who is like a PI. He solves cases for other vampires, but it's much like True Blood. It's very it's very pulpy. So a lot of violence, a lot of blood. A lot of like absurd kind of like sex stuff that just like makes you roll your eyes, but also is like oh, okay, I get it. it's funny. Um, really love those books. Um, and a really interesting depiction of, of vampires. Um, they're they're very different than they are usually depicted, especially compared to True Blood. Um, so recommend that. Uh, first book's called Already Dead. Actually, well, there you go. Another author who does a bunch of pun <laughs> weirdo stuff with their titles. Um, but check it out. Charlie Houston is the author's name. Nice. That sounds good. All right. Uh, Dave, you got any plugs? Uh, so I'm still on uh, In the Mix. Me and Steve Fiorillo host a podcast where we make playlists, uh, usually with other guests. Uh, Lenny's been a gracious guest uh, several times before. Uh, we talk about music. We go over you know what we like about songs, what we don't like about them. Um, we try to keep a nice divide of you know being positive as opposed to just shitting on um you know mm-hmm. musicians and their work um but you know we have a good time um working on a new season currently so it should be coming out uh probably in you know a couple months um so i got that and i got some other other things in the background i'm sure i'll uh, have to bother you to come on the show and promote one day soon hell yeah um all right and you can Follow me on Twitter at Lenny Burnham. You can listen to my other podcast, House of House, where we rewatch episodes of House and talk about them. Dave's been on that one, too. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, thanks, for li- thanks for listening. All right. See you later. <laughs>